0: Welcome everybody to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. This is the 450 Motocross review with myself, Weej and JT, taken from the uh, Racer X Zoom videos uh preview that we did. So if you're into the uh, audio, this is the uh if you're into the vi- video, then you can watch that. If you're into the audio, this is for you, right? Thanks to the folks at uh, Racetech, Race Tech of course for coming on board with us. RaceTech.com, use the code PULP21 to save Run piece valves for YZ's and 2KX250s. They have CNC porting ability so if you are a local tuner out there and you want somebody to do the work for you consistently the exact same way every each and every single time you can sign an nda with the folks at racetech and they uh can do the work for you so they certainly know what they're doing over the years thanks to the folks at racetech show your bike some love use the code at racetech to save some uh some money suspension motor work they can do it all over there
1: A MX network production
2: Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on racerxonline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,700 podcasts delivered with over 17 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis.
0: Welcome over right to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast 450 motocross review with myself. Some guy named Weech and some guy named Jason Thomas. Uh, These are taken, this is audio taken from the video that we did. We did the RacerX video preview show up on racerxonline.com. So this is the audio rip from that. So if you've already watched that, then you've already heard this. But if you're simply an audio guy... And that's me, to be honest. I don't really watch podcasts. I, I listen to them, right, while I, while I, while I uh, bicycle, while I fly, while I drive, whatever. This is audio for you. And uh, so this stuff's all in the RacerX Zoom video as well. If you want to see us and see some uh, highlight videos and see some uh, stats and things like that, you can watch it on RacerX Online. But this is the audio of that. Thanks to Fly Racing, of course. Zach Osborne running Fly Racing gear, and he'll have the number one plate at Apollo this weekend when the series kicks off. Uh, 2021 line is great. The Kinetic Mesh probably sold out, but please check it out. Uh, They've got it really, really good stuff. It's absolutely incredibly uh, vented. So cool. And, uh, of course, with the temperatures rising up, that'll be exactly the stuff you need. They've got the uh, Formula Helmet with Rion technology. It's super quiet, super, super light, super safe as well. Formula CC. A little different shell than the Formula helmet, uh, but a little different price point as well. So please check that out. And, of course, they got the uh, light line of gear that they uh, taken the zipper completely off and just have a boa now on the front. So really cool innovations from the guys at Fly Racing. Thanks to them for making it happen. Thanks to you people for listening. Appreciate it. Thank you to Renthal, Renthal.com for more information on that. They got bar bends on there. They got a cool little chart that you can uh, put the bar bends that you like and look at it and see what you think and what bar suits you best and all of that kind of stuff. Really, Really cool. 7 bar fat bar 36 the fat bar the twin wall bar or uh, uh, you know the, the the company that started it all they got sprockets they got chains they got grips lots of things over at rentall.com they'll really dial you in so thank you to those guys for coming on board max's tires as well alex ray jeremy smith jordan jarvis rod bell all running max's tires mxsts developed by the king jeremy mcgrath besides dirt bike tires they got mountain bike tires, they got light truck tires, they got trailer tires, UTV tires, maxis.com dot com for more information. If it's good enough for McGrath, it should be good enough for you. Jerkies, right? Uh, thanks to folks at motorsport.com, OEM and aftermarket parts as well. Um oh, free free shipping, anything over seventy nine dollars. Motorsport.com official supplier uh e-tailer i should say of phil nicoletti ryan Villapoto, and myself so thanks to the folks at motorsport.com go on pulpamex.com or pulpamexshow.com go through the banner takes you right to a whole section on there that uh has some special deals with our partner so please check that out motorsport.com uh for more information and uh, you'll be pleased with their service you'll be pleased with their return policy their prices all of that thank you motorsport.com also thanks to the folks at cobalinks Kobolinks.com, K-O-U-B-A, links.com, 15% off. Use the code PulpMX. Uh, these are uh, links that lower your bike, so they'll help you improve your cornering. They'll improve, improve plushness, give you more confidence when you're riding. They make them for all sorts of bikes from Aprilia to Yamaha. So the folks at Kobolinks doing a good job. You can get those through motorsport.com as well. Um, so thanks to those guys. Uh, also, uh, ARMA, Pulpamex 20 is the code to say with ARMA. Whether it's Blitz, whether it's Fire, whether it's the new stuff, Hydrate. They'll dial you in. Uh, I use uh, the armor hydration stuff for mountain bike rides and then I put a little bit of fire in there which is like a caffeine stimulant to give you a little bit more energy. So I mix them together in a water bottle. Love it. Tastes great and works really well. Of course, too. I don't use the protein as much as I probably should, but I do use it here and there. So they have protein powder as well. Put that put that in with some uh, water and uh, tastes pretty good. Vanilla and chocolate. Pulpum X twenty is the code to save at Arma. So use that code and to help us out. Save yourself some money. Try Arma out. Good enough for AC, Nick Way, Cameron Mcadoo, McGrath, Chad Reed. Good enough for you guys, uh, right? I would think. And thanks to Onex Maps. Of course, you can uh, download an Onyx Off Road map uh, uh app to access 500,000 miles of off-road trails and roads across the nation and into canada and mexico really cool deal whether you uh bicycle whether you uh, um, uh mountain bike or, well, i guess that's the same thing uh off-road dual sport stuff uh, on can keep you on track and keep you uh know where you're going um jeremy mcgrath uses onX maps i was with him in salt lake city he pulled it up to show me a mountain bike trail and it was on x map so thank you to Onyx maps Really appreciate it, and uh, they'll dial you in um, with a great uh, um, service there. So please check it out. Uh, it's 30% off now through Memorial Day. Get premium access with all the trail info you need for all 50 states for only 21 bucks a year. Up your game with Elite and access everything. Premium offers plus private landowner in- landowner info for all 50 states for 70 bucks a year. On X Maps. Thanks to those guys. Thank you for putting up with that and supporting the companies that support the uh, podcast. And we are going to uh, go into the um, 450 Motocross preview. Like I said, this is, this is stuff that is taken from the Zoom call, so you, you might have watched it. But if you're not, here we go. Thanks for listening.
1: Well, it's much like the greater world at large. We have a supply and demand problem here. We keep upping the supply of riders who believe they're capable of winning races and championships in the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship, sanctioned by AMA Pro Racing. They're demanding titles, but there's still only one title to supply. And we're going to unlock all of that in our 2021 preview here with RacerX for the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship. This is our 450 show. We'll have a second show with our 250 class. Jason Wygant here from RacerX. This is sadly 20 years that I've been working here and covering these races and announcing them. I'll be part of the broadcast team again alongside Grant Langston Will Christian, we're going to bring Ashley Raynard on as part of the broadcast team this summer as well for NBC Sports and Peacock and Mav TV. Joined by my great buddies, Steve Mathis, former factory mechanic. Steve, another supercross championship for KTM. This has become par for the course, it's become expected. But where did KTM's run of success truly begin?
0: Well, funny. Uh, I'm really happy you asked that. It's great to be here on the preview show. Looking forward to talking some, uh, some motocross this summer. Yeah, it all started in 2000 when uh, a, a man named uh, Kelly Smith brought home KTM's first ever American win. Indoors or out. Mud race, wrenched by me. And I feel like, I don't recognize this, they haven't had any sort of ceremonies. We're not on any sort of wall of fames. But all the KTM success from Ryan Dungey to Cooper Webb, Marvin Muscat started with myself and Kelly Smith in 2000. And we all know mud races take the ultimate uh, challenge for a mechanic. And I came through with flying colors. Kelly Smith came through with flying colors and KTM continues to not acknowledge it.
1: Okay. Well, that's just the first of what should be many ridiculous takes on this show. As we preview the 450 class, let's bring in our other friend, Jason Thomas, who spent what, of 15 years racing professionally in this series now part of a WPS and fly racing. Thanks for sponsoring the show, by the way, JT, and get ready for another great outdoors, man.
2: Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, first and foremost, thanks to fly racing. I'm merely a representative, but you know, I am excited and we're excited for, uh, for another year of Lucas oil Pro Motocross. It feels like just yesterday we were sitting in Houston about to kick off monster energy supercross. And now here we are, uh, joined again via zoom, to kick off Lucas oil promoter Motocross, So I'm excited. And uh, as we'll get into, I think we have in both classes really more questions and answers about what we're going to see. Uh, I don't think there are clear defined favorites in either class. And in my opinion, as a fan, I think that's the best place in the, in the best way to enter a series.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's really hard to make hard predictions, although we'll do our best to do that. Like I said, we'll have many ridiculous takes. I do want to say the only favorites we truly have are our sponsors, JT, Fly Racing. Thanks for backing this show. Uh, our buddies from Maxis. I got some tires here. Maxis tires developed by The King, Jeremy McGrath, the MXST tire line, and uh, New Ray toys. I got a whole bunch. Whether, whether side of the rivalry you're on, you're a Ken Rockson guy or a Cooper Webb guy, and that's practically a collector's item, a Kawasaki Eli Tomac item new ray toys has it for you get them at your dealership get them at the races thanks uh, back in the show for those three companies fly uh, new ray and maxis so yeah i agree jt this is really hard this year to figure out who the favorite is zach osborne was a champion last year we'll get to him in a second he's coming back from a back injury so that's question mark number one but i really feel like right now the story is eli tomac a bombshell you put together steve He is going to leave Monster Energy Kawasaki at the end of this series and go to Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha. That's big deal number one. Big deal number two is, is Eli still at the level? He did win this title three years in a row until last year. He wasn't as good in Supercross this year as he was last year. Are we seeing the downside? You said several times, Steve, you think this is huge, this championship right now for Eli Tomac.
0: I do. And really, I think the whole question mark of the 450 motocross class comes down to whether you believe Eli Tomac can get back to his old level or not. If you believe he can, he's the heavy favorite. If you think he can't, then it's wide open. It's that simple because I really think all the other guys are kind of mixed in blended in together uh, uh, together. So to me, it's got, it's two straight series. now for Eli Tomac that we've seen ah, 3% slippage, 5% slippage, whatever level you want to put from his peak, And that has just been able to get him some wins and some podiums and neither last summer, nor this year in supercross, was he in the title chase uh, with a few rounds to go. So what do you believe? Do you think last year was a supercross slash COVID slash a double DNF Loretta's hangover for the motorcross? Do you believe that this year he just, you know, couldn't get it done and he'll up it up his game for outdoors or not? That's, that's where you're at with Eli Tomac and, and, I don't believe for a second that his impending move to Yamaha will affect him this summer. He's a professional. He gets paid a lot of money. He's going to want to win. He's not mailing anything in. If he gets beat this summer, it's going to be because he's just not simply as good as he was before.
1: Yeah. It's weird. You would think that a guy leaving a team is going to make it weird for him to operate at hundred percent, but we've seen this type of thing before and it actually usually doesn't have an impact. Ricky Carmichael left Honda and won 24-0 after signing with Suzuki, and he left Honda winning every single moto in this series. You mentioned the money thing. Look, if Tomac wins this title, it's probably seven figures. If he wins a race, it's probably six figures. They don't kind of leave that money on the table. So he's going to try this summer. But I think I agree with you. I guess the question is, even if he tries, is he still as good as he was? So where are you with this, JT? Has he lost that little step, or can we get that three-time champion Eli Tomac back?
2: Well, you know, I, as you know, I've been asking this question since last summer and, yeah. you know, Steve and I went back and forth. I presented the the question, is he just another guy right now? And we, we've yes. still been asking this question. We don't really have any answers yet. I'm starting to think that the answer to that is yes. And Steve pushed back on that pretty hard last summer, but I thought we got more evidence of that during the Supercross season. And I think you've made a great point that over the years we've seen guys and and it's usually about five years that they be, they are the best guy. They're the fastest guy and they can be dominant for about five years. Once you get past that five-year threshold, for whatever reason, they start to lose that edge a little bit and they can still win, but they aren't going to win almost every time if something bad doesn't happen. And I really think that's what we've, what we've seen. We're coming up on a year of that now where, when the gate drops, I don't automatically presume that Eli Tomac's going to win anymore. And I was there for a long time, really since 2017, I've lived in a world where unless he crashed, unless he got arm pump or some sort of mental breakdown, I felt like Eli Tomac was going to win. I always felt like he was the fastest rider on the track. And I don't believe that to be the case anymore. Now, as far as this season goes, I do think he'll win some, but I don't think he's just going to miraculously flip a switch and turn into the dominant Eli Tomac of 2020 supercross. And before, uh, I think he's going to have to do a lot of things right to win this series. And if he is your champion, I think it will be a matter of consistency versus dominance. And that, that could be the case. He could be on the podium so many times that he walks away with his championship. Because if you remember last year, if you take away those two DNS from Loretta wins, he's right in the mix. So to, so to discount that or think he's not going to win, I think would be a little bit uh, presumptive or a little bit foolish, but I, I just don't see him ra- you know, reeling off seven or eight wins like he would have you know, maybe two years ago.
1: Yeah, I agree. Look, Tomac, even though he's had these weird mental stumbles that you mentioned, from a durability standpoint, he's been fantastic. He's missed one race since 2016. So if you just stamp him racing all 24 motos, he hasn't dropped off so much. Just racing 24 motos, even at if he's 3% off of what he used to be, that could still be good enough to win the title just by showing up and being strong and solid. But I think the one thing that hurts Tomac, he's never been a great starter, and he's never great in the early laps. For him to win, he has to go into that crazy beast mode. He doesn't get the get-out-of-jail-free card of just whole shotting and having an easy moto. When he wins, he has to grind. So he has to be at that high level to win like he used to. He might not even need to to win the title, but... Yeah, I agree. I I think this is how you start to see that decline. And it's a very, very, very small decline. But as I always say, it's not that the guys can't still go fast. It's that they're not automatically fast every single day, no matter what track, no matter what weather. Anything can happen. They're just going to be first or second, no matter what. That's the first thing you don't see anymore. And I feel like that's what we saw on Supercross this year. There were still nights where Tomac was amazing. There were some others where he just got ninth. Uh, which you don't normally see the guy at the highest level. So that's interesting. But look, I think part of the reason that it's open, let's go to Osborne. Uh, His back is not right still. And if anyone can put together a plan to try to work his way around it, we know he's smart, he's experienced, all that. But Steve, it's kind of alarming. I talked to Zacho just earlier this week. The back is not 100%. And this is a grueling gnarly series. To go into it, not quite right. That's a little scary, I think.
0: A couple notes on Tomac before I get into there. Okay. Also uh, real quickly, we're losing the two Loretta's races, which did not favor him. Track was yeah. very tough to pass. He's not a great starter and we're yeah. getting Southwick back a track that he's dominant on. So just FYI on that, a couple of things that I think play into his hand. Uh, yeah. On to Osborne, you know, we, I talked to our buddy Zach too last week and uh, uh, I was shocked at how he's going to manage, this back issue and how he's going to have to manage this issue. And he even spent a lot of money on a machine to help him out uh, for the back issue. And, and actually there goes his simulator that he was kind of saving up for. So <laughs> I'm surprised he's got some issues for sure. He's going to tough this thing out. It could flare up at any time. Anybody with back problems knows um, that they could come and go. So yeah, it's going to be a tough summer for Zacko. he'll manage it. He'll deal with it professionally. Um, but, the defending champion is a little bit behind the eight ball for sure. And that's too bad, man. That's that title last year for Zacco. That's an all time feel good story. I mean, the guy was in a tent in Russia, as we know at some point, uh, and then he became a 450 motocross champion, but yeah, JT uh, it's going to be a tough summer for fly racing's guy.
2: Yeah. I'm hoping for the best. Of course. Um, you know, it's a big deal for fly racing to have that number one plate floating around the track. So, you know, even if he can't be his best on some weekends, I'm just hoping he can be out there. Um, but yeah, we all want to see Zach do well. We all cheer for him. Uh, that, that championship last year, I don't want to say it came out of nowhere because that kind of, um, it would speak to not, I didn't, I didn't expect it. Let's say that. Okay. I'll just put it on myself. I didn't expect him to go out and be the champion last year. So it was a surprise. So to think he's going to go out and defend would be a surprise again. Let's just hope we get a, a healthy Zach Osborne, because I think at this point he brings a lot to the series, regardless of his winning motos and winning a championship. Again, we need all these guys. We need the Zach Osborns, and we need, you know, and we'll get to him, Ken rocks. And we need all these guys to add depth to the series.
1: Yeah. And again, as far as being able to manage it, Zach's probably more well-equipped than most, but this is just a gnarly series. I mean, JT would, would you like going into this 24 round, a grueling test with a back injury does that sound good at all?
2: No. And we saw what that can do. You know, Cooper Webb left this series at one of the, I don't know if it was the first Loretta's or the second Loretta's because yep. of a back injury. Uh, this outdoor series is so brutally tough on your body and you come in at less than a hundred percent. Yeah. Let's just hope for the best. I, you know, it's going to be a struggle. We know it's going to be difficult. Um, you know, I don't know all the details of even what's wrong. Uh, but I just see them trying to manage this thing. And we've seen this over time with Blake Baggett's wrist and we've seen these guys struggle with things and it's literally everything you can do throughout the week just to get back on your motorcycle on Saturdays. Uh, so it's certainly not a lot of fun. It's more of a pain management thing than anything else and therapy. And and I think the toughest part of that, if you can ride is you're not able to really train the way you want to your focus is more on pain management and therapy to be able to race on Saturdays where everybody else is working, you know, their butts off all week to get stronger and more physically in shape and testing the bike where, you know, you're laying in, in a, a machine or whatever you're working on throughout the week You're in a chiropractor's office, just trying to get back to hundred percent.
1: Yes. But classic wacko zacko. have you seen, he, he says he can't ride a bicycle right now and he's done with a rowing machine because of the back forever. You see the skiing, the roller skiing that he does. It's highly have, embarrassing, no. but for Zach, it's totally normal. Uh, okay.
0: yeah, he, he thinks it's awesome for sure. He, yes. yeah, he's got no oh, problem with it, but, uh, the new wacko Zacho, how's your backo Zacho?
1: <laughs> I, I, I am a little worried. Zach's discovered another sport. He says he wants to do a biathlon, working on the shooting and the skiing. That's so Zach for sure. Um, so we'll see how he manages. To me, those are the two big questions. Is Zach the same as he was last year? Is he through the injuries? He is He as good as he was. And is Tomac as good as he used to be? Was oh, that I, super I have thing so many more long?
2: questions. I have those so many more questions in this class. Oh. No, 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 no. They're not even the how biggest. Will Cooper, how will oh, okay. Cooper Webb fare coming up Supercross Championship? Right. How is Ken Rockson's health? Is he going to make it through the whole series? There are questions abound in this series. I, I oh. yeah, with, we'll, we'll continue on but I, I, object to those being the two biggest questions.
1: Oh, okay. I like it. I, I feel like if Tomac's back to 2018, 2019 level, all the other questions are meaningless. Yeah, we'll of see. course.
0: But I, yes. I don't, I don't, I don't see that coming. I mean, yep. You, okay. you can object all you want, but this judge, as we know is crooked. <laughs>
1: oh, I well, we'll get you to that time. topic. It was, it was all over the Ken Roxon discussion. We will get there. Look, if you want to see the answer to these questions, whatever they might be, We'll give you the series schedule here. It's awesome that the series is back to 12 rounds and 24 motos. Last year, we only had nine. And yes, there were two run at Loretta Lynn's. We didn't get a lot of the classics in like Washugal and Southwick and Udadilla. They're back. And the racing will be on Peacock. So if you're already watching Peacock for Supercross, just keep your Peacock, subscri- Peacock subscription. You'll be able to watch practice in the morning and all four motos. And then they air on TV on MAV TV. NBCSN and NBC just like they have in previous years so a return to normalcy and a shout out to our sponsor uh look I've got all these bikes here from New Ray Toys look we got a Cooper Webb bike we got a Marvin Moosecan bike we've got a, a Zacco bike and hey a three Eli Tomac Kawasaki which we haven't seen a number three outdoors in a while so let's talk about this next thing yes um the Ken Roxon Health Steve Mathis you made the prediction that there would be issues physically for Ken Roxon that would prevent him, make it impossible to win the Supercross title. I am the judge. I am the jury. I am both. That was incorrect. He was rock solid in the Supercross. Didn't win the title, but it was possible. Are you going to appeal the decision and try to use outdoors as a guide that there are still physical issues that prevent Ken Roxon from winning titles? Will we see those flare up, Steve?
0: Well, I'll let you know if the appeal will be filed later on down the road. Uh, We're still (laughs) gathering evidence for all of that. My people have spoken, and we uh, we definitely think the judge was uh, insane, um, and That's and not brilliant. right in the not right. But anyways, um, you know what? Kenny's a better motocross rider than supercross rider. He will tell you that over and over, and he has. He's got four hundred and fifty motocross championships, two of them. So we already know he's done that. He's never got a supercross title. There's more breaks outdoors than there is indoors. So whatever bothers him does give him some more time. So. We'll need to see. I'm not as adamant about the the motocross title as the supercross title with issues for Kenny, just because we've seen him win before and he's better at it and there's more breaks, but yeah, I don't put him, despite those two championships, I don't put him above the next level. Like if you want to say, Hey, look, Tomac's not going to be the same guy and wacko zacko has got backo problems. I don't put Kenny as the next guy. I put him in the, Bushel of guys with Cooper Webb, Adam seen Cirillo, Dylan Ferrandez, those type of guys. But I don't put him as the next guy. And I think that's just because there is still a little bit of like, hey, man, it's 24 motos, it's 12 rounds, it is a uh, hot, nasty series. And um, so, yeah, I, I just think he's going to be, he'll be very good, but I don't put him maybe where you should just because we haven't seen him go through everything.
1: So Dude, you, JT, this so, is calling. Last year, it was cool. We had races in the fall. It's going to be back to the yeah, humidity. That did. has not gone well for Roxxon. Yeah, that
2: that was certainly a window. And of course, he, I'm sure, if he was able to, he would have been out there. But Steve, are you saying you think that the outdoors will be kinder to him than Supercross was?
0: I just think he's better outdoors than indoors. You know, so yeah, I think he can manage 24 motos and be a podium guy. Um, really, okay. better than he can in Supercross.
1: I, I think to is is said me, but... he lost a decision and he's backing out. He's, he's <laughs> reversing course to try to cover himself. That's what I believe is happening. See, I,
2: I would take the other side. Um, I, I just think that if you have a tendency to struggle with physical conditions, because right. It's not, this isn't Kenny's fault. We know all the, the trials and tribulations that his body has been put under and, and he's more uh, susceptible to difficulties from that. We know that. I think if you put him under duress, the heat, don't forget the quick turnaround with these motos, right? We're, we're live on the hour, every hour for a lot of races that puts a lot of stress on your body to recover and get back out there. I think it's going to be more difficult than supercross was. So I know this is crazy. We're going to disagree on this, but I think, I think outdoors will be much more tough for on him and his body than, than supercross was
0: your honor. Is the, is the prosecutor saying that Kenny has physical issues going on? And that's going to no, I'm, saying this no, I'm saying I don't. No, I'm saying
2: I don't know. Right? If if he suffers from some sort of trauma related from surgeries that I don't know. Like we 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 but don't the know. It, it's always it's the judge's ruling. He yes, had no physical it, issues in Supercross. during Supercross. That was yeah. the ruling. But I'm saying if those come to light during the outdoor motocross series, they did not during motocross or during Supercross. Okay. But if something does happen to him. He gets shingles. I I don't know, right? It, it's it's an argument you made, but I'm saying the likelihood of something going wrong with his body when you're racing in ninety degrees and a heat and humidity, and you have to do a quick turnaround between motos, I think the likelihood of difficulty goes up more th- more so than seventy two degrees in supercross.
0: Your Honor, I would just like the record to show that I'm going on this uh, Zoom preview of this 450 motocross series as if everybody won't have issues. And if any of these riders have issues this summer, it will be difficult. So I'm going to do the preview show, assuming everyone is healthy, because if you start playing the game, your honor of if this rider has the problems and if this rider has an issue, then we could be sitting here all day long. So your honor, well, wasn't it sounds that, like the, that, so the exact of your point supercross you argument? made before
2: supercross, right? That was your supercross argument,
0: but he that was, didn't the, basis, right. but that was the whole yes. basis of your point for supercross, but, I thought he would have some he's the, it's determined. He had none. And the, the judge ruled.
1: Case then. Thank you. The judge has ruled. Yes.
0: The judge ruled. So I'm going to, I can't sit here and be like, he's going to have physical issues. Cause he just made it through 17 as the judge ruled with no physical issues.
2: Okay. I would be much more proud of you. If you double down, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I don't like this heel turn you're making. I would rather you double down and go in again.
1: It is spectacular that you two have managed to agree, but one person said something in December and the other one is saying it in May. So even though you're both making the same point, you did it six months apart. Hence, you still don't agree. Unbelievable. I think
2: I'm I'm going based off weather conditions. I I think that the difficulties bring out or make the likelihood of physical difficulties more likely. I think supercross having done it for a long time, supercross is not that hard. It's really not that hard. Okay. It's, it's challenging, technical aspect of it is really difficult, but on a physical stress level, not that difficult in my opinion, as long as you get your cardio in check, it's really not that hard like you could race Saturday night and you're not even sore on Sunday. That that's just a toll. You race an an outdoor motocross race on Saturday. You feel it on Sunday, especially if it's hot. So I think the recovery is going to be challenging for him.
0: Well, Kenny had problems. Kenny had problems indoors the last two years before this one. So clearly it was hard on him. And that was my basis of the 2021 argument, right? But if, but he, has if, physical, if he has physical, it's going to be physical issues difficult. this summer, your honor, if he has physical issues this summer, who's to say they didn't affect them in supercross and my appeal will be filed. Your
1: honor order, order in this court, order in this court. You two. <laughs> stop order in this court. I got my Maxis water bottle. Gosh, you two. JT, if it's a long, hot, grueling summer, maybe you're someone that rides at home in the summer months. Is there a line of mesh vented gear that could help take a little bit of the edge off on those hot and humid days?
2: There is. I don't believe that it's going to help Ken Roxon in this scenario, okay. uh, but yes, the him. fly racing, the fly racing kinetic mesh would be the answer. If Kenny came to me and said, Hey, what can I do about this scenario? I would offer him fly racing kinetic mesh at no cost, at no cost to him. I would be willing to find some and bring it to him. So Kenny, if you're out there and you're hearing this or anyone associated with Ken Rockson, if you want some fly racing kinetic mesh at no cost, I might add, oh. I'll be happy to, I will personally deliver it as well. Personally deliver this fly. Racing that kinetic is a, mesh.
1: that is a generous offer. Uh, the kinetic mesh gear, you can really tell the difference when you're riding with it, correct?
2: Well, the, the whole pant and the whole Jersey is made of ventilated material. And yeah, you can, I mean, I, I think there are a lot of people that would say it's a gimmick or something that it's not uh, one ride in it. And if you don't believe me, borrow some, right? I'm not asking you, go, you don't have to go out and spend your money to, to prove an experiment, borrow some. And I promise you, you'll be like, uh, okay, yeah, I'll, I'm just going to shut up now because it, and th- this isn't a, an exclusive for fly racing. I don't want anybody to think we invented this idea, but ventilated gear in the summer is the only way to go period so just take it as a psa if you don't use ventilated gear even if it's a different brand go get some
1: oh wow. that is very diplomatic and that is why jt wins court cases so mathis you said that you cannot necessarily put Roxanne automatically ahead of the non-tomac osborne group there is a bushel of other guys i think at, in that bushel for sure maybe at the top of the bushel i don't know how many things are in this bushel But we've got to look at Cooper Webb, and we've got to look at Adam Cincirullo. I've been pretty big on this career window thing. I've been talking about how long Tomac's been the best guy and how long can you keep that window open. Younger guys are coming, and it's kind of led by the next group, which would conceivably be Webb and Cincirullo. Webb's got another Supercross title. I know the mark is he's not as good outdoors, but we only have really one year to judge that. He wasn't as good as Tomac, Roxton, and the other guys in 2019. He basically didn't even race last year except for the round one of Loretta's and his back was already hurting then he was gone I think you're going to see a much 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 better Cooper Webb outdoors this year I don't know if that's good enough to be better than Tomac say, or better than Osborne but I think if anyone's thinking he's more of a supercross guy and he's just counting his money I think they're wrong I think Webb's going to be very good Steve what do you think
0: well yeah I remember after he won that first supercross title he started slowly like a lot of supercross champions did and by the end of the summer, I think he had a dominant ride at Millville. He had a couple of other great rides that summer and kind of spoke about the Supercross title hangover. Well, he knows about that now. He'll be better at it. We've had more time between the end of Supercross and the Nationals this year than we've had in 20 years. So he's got a little bit more time. You know he's going to be hungry to, uh, to make it. And some members of the media have said he's not training with Alden Baker anymore, but uh, he is this summer. So he's going to be locked and loaded with Marvin Muskan and Zach Osborne. That's a, that's a plus I think for the summer. Um, I think he'll win motos. I think he'll win overalls, but I don't have, I have him with Kenny. I have him with Adam. I have him with Osborne as kind of one of the guys that could could win the title. I don't like, or I don't favor one of those guys over the other right now. Um, But I certainly think he'll be better outdoors than probably a lot of people think. I think the Supercross hangover stuff, uh, for all the reasons I just explained, uh, won't be much of a factor this summer. So, yeah, I think Paul will be strong outdoors.
1: Paul Webb. Paul Webb. Okay, where are you at with him, JT, on the uh, number two? Can he become number one? Remember, he did win a 250 National Motocross Championship, so he's not a joke outdoors.
2: Of course. Uh, Can he? Yes, he can my biggest question is really just on a motivation level. Uh, We've just seen it so many times where there's so much emphasis and so much pressure and so much of everything good wrapped around a supercross championship for him. Right. And you take this big exhale, leaving that series. I don't know where he's going to come down as far as effort level, or if he, I know he's going to care on some level. I don't want to say he's not going to care, but, is he going to be willing to sacrifice everything and put that same level of dedication in to go win this motocross championship? I don't know that. I think we'll learn a lot at the opening round to see kind of where he is in his preparation, preparation level and the performance level. But I would say, I think he will be a top five guy. Um, I don't think he's going to come out and win races right away. I think a lot of these other guys they didn't get to win a supercross championship. They weren't dominant, you know, guys like Chase Sexton, guys like Adam Cincerello, even a guy like, you know, the guy we just argued about Eli Tomac, where he was probably looking up at Webb a few times going, man, I, I wish I'd beat that guy this year. Right. So these guys all get this great reset starting out at Paul on May 29th, where Webb is like, man, my year's made, you know, even if I don't win a bunch of races this summer, I don't want to say who cares, but kind of who cares. You know, I won the I won what really, really mattered deep in my heart. If I could win races outdoors and Lucas Oil Pro Motocross championship, that's awesome. But my year is not hinging on that. Where I think a lot of other guys it is. I think for Eli Tomac this season hinges on his Lucas Oil Pro Motocross season being a success or failure. Guys like Marvin Muscan who came on late in the Supercross series, I think they're going to come out swinging that Paula Uh, So do I think Webb will do okay? Yes. But do I have him as champion? I don't.
1: Hey, Steve Mathis, the Maxxis MXST tire, what great professional rider developed that tire?
0: Well, let me tell you, Jeremy McGrath, who is absolutely the king of Supercross and maybe the best champion the sport has ever seen. Yes, I said that. And uh, he helped the Maxxis guys develop the MXSTs. And guys like Alex Ray, I mean, he uses a, the Maxis MXSTs out, outdoors and nationals this summer. Jordan Jarvis, J- Jeremy Smith, Rod Bell. Those are Maxis tires, and they are, they've are they been putting them inside the top 10.
1: Yep. Developed by Jeremy McGrath, who, as you said, is the king of Supercross. But there was a time where Jeremy McGrath, who was more motivated by people doubting him than we probably think now. No, no, no one doubts Jeremy McGrath now. He's an all-time legend. But at the time, in his racing days, when people thought, ah, eh, is this guy really as good as it seems? Maybe he just gets hole shots. Maybe he's only good at Supercross, not motocross. He gets motivated by those things. And Jeremy McGrath, wearing number two, said, I'm going to prove to the world that I can be just as good in motocross as I can in Supercross. And in 1995, he won the title. In 96, he was arguably even better. He won the first six motos and he got hurt, led to a great battle and rivalry with Jeff Emig. But Jeremy McGrath was once motivated by too many people saying, ah, he can only do it in Supercross. Steve, do you think there is a chance that we know Cooper Webb loves to have the chip on the shoulder that he is getting fired up with people thinking he can't win this title like he does in Supercross? Could that happen for Webb, Steve? I
0: know this is going to come as a shock, but I think JT's a little off base um, with his opinion. <laughs> Just, I get the motivation. I get it, all that. You know what? But Ryan Dungey did it. Ryan Villopoto did it. Jeremy McGrath did it. Jeff Emmick did it. Uh, Ricky Carmichael did it every single damn year. Uh, the indoors and out thing. Um, so there is that point where if you really want to be the dude, you got to win both in one year. And that's happened many times. And I just think with the big break or bigger break between supercross and motocross, you don't, you know, you're kind of ready to go. You want to prove it. It's his second supercross title. He's got an outdoor title in two So we know he's got the speed. People I talk to close to him say that he's ready to go. He's motivated. He wants to get the double. And uh, so I, yeah, I, I think he'll be, I still don't, having said all that, I don't think, um, you know, he's my favorite to do it, but I just think he'll be more motivated than JT says.
1: So it what, uh, for Jeremy McGrath.
0: what was the
2: difference between, what would be the difference this year versus the 2019 year
0: in that theory? Well, because he got his first 450 Supercross title and that is a lifelong goal. It is it is more important to win a Supercross title than outdoors. Um, so at that point, you have the first one. You're pretty elated. You know, you're pretty. You do let let up a little bit. Now it's has got a second one, and you know it's not it's it's more of a like, hey, let's get this thing done now. What have I what haven't I done? Okay, got two Supercross. I don't have a 4 of the outdoor title. Let's get it. Also, the bigger break. You know, you're not just going to be thrown into into going into the outdoors right away. So a little bit bigger break and a little bit of uh, been there done that with the supercross. Let me get something I don't have right now, which is a form of the motocross title.
2: Okay. I, I, I don't think your theory is flawed. I just, I'm going to go off of what I saw last time and use that as my guide. And and maybe he comes out and smokes everybody at Paula, but just watching how 2019 went. And then, you know, last year he didn't finish the series either. Um, I just haven't seen a super motivated Lucas all promoter cross Cooper Webb in a while. Uh, so maybe that
1: changes this year. It could be the words from JT right now. The doubt that is literally fueling Cooper Webb is watching this video. That's okay. right now. I'm
2: good with, I'm good with that. No problem. And he's,
1: and he's, he's, he's on the ski erg and he's on the roller skates. Like Zach is, he's doing everything to, to prove you wrong. Now really? there is a teammate. Uh, we got the number two, Red Bull KTM. We got the number 25, Red Bull KTM, courtesy of the folks at new Ray toys. Speaking of doubts, Marvin Muskan, really, really hard to figure out where to place him. There were moments where Marvin Muskan was very good in Supercross, including winning a race, keeping Webb Honest in the finale, uh, another podium where he kept Webb Honest earlier in the year in Orlando. But then there were other races where Marvin had all sorts of problems. Kind of that same thing I'm seeing with Tomac, where it's like on certain nights in Supercross, he was able to be the old Marvin Muskan, but we didn't see it every single night like he did in his previous years where he was contending for the title. So which Marvin Moosecan do we get? If we get the old Marvin Moosecan, just like Tomac, instant title contender, wouldn't shock anyone if he wins his title. That is the question. And by the way, Marv has taken some hits, man. He's had some crashes lately. So that's what I'm wondering. JT, where are you with Moosecan? Can he channel? Last year he came into the series after a knee injury. He was solid, maybe not quite normal Marv, but that's understandable. He's had a whole year under his belt now. Can he be the old Marv? Can he be
2: title? Marv? Well, you, you said it's hard to place him and our, and our moderator here behind the scenes, Kellen Brower would disagree highly with that of where, where you should be putting Marv.
1: Oh but, yeah. He'd place him right at the top for sure. <laughs>
2: right. Yes. Yes. I do think we will see a, a very strong Marvin Muscan. And really I think those last couple of rounds in Salt Lake city, I think he found his footing a little bit. And of course we're switching from supercross to motocross. I get it, but I think confidence wise. And remember, he took a long time off. Right. And and we saw a lot of crashes. And I think that was partially due to him trying to elevate his game. You know, I think guys got a little better and the sport continued to evolve when he was off for basically a year. Uh, I think it took him some time to improve his game. And as he got and was pushing the edge crashes came along with that. And you watch the level that Marvin was on at Salt Lake city he was a threat, you know, he won the second, the penultimate round. And then he, he was a threat to win that final round. And Cooper was just a little bit better. I think that was a pretty big step forward for him mentally getting back to the level he was on pre-injury. And uh, I think he's going to carry that into motocross. And I think this is a chance for him to enter a series back at a hundred percent where he hasn't been for a couple of years. And I think he knows that deep down, he's not going to get a lot, uh, you know, many more chances to win a championship. He's getting a little, a little bit, a little bit older we don't know what the future holds for him as far as how many more championships he's going to go through. When you look at the the breadth of the series and you can't really find a favorite, if you're Marvin, you have to be looking at, well, why can't I be the favorite then? Why? You know, I just went one, two at the final two rounds of this prior series. Why can't I go in? So I, I think he's going to come in with a, uh, with a strong head on his shoulders and, and finally back to where we saw him in, in 2019.
1: What
0: do you think, Steve? Uh, before we get into Marvin, I have a specific question about the broadcast week.
1: Oh, okay. That's very, ma- makes a lot of sense to jump in with that. Timely, so very yes. timely.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I really don't like the TV crew that calls the racist specifically the play-by-play guy. Um, oh. I see NFL has done things where you can list, listen to the Nickelodeon feed and things like that. Uh, if you want to of different games, is there a way I can mute the broadcast team for this summer and get another feed?
1: Yeah, uh, I encourage you to get your tickets now, everybody. You can go to the races in person (laughs) and then not watch on television because fans are back. So, yeah, that's what I'd recommend. And that's actually a shockingly good transition, Steve. Really well done. You're practically nearly almost as good a broadcast professional as myself because you've stumbled right into my topic here. I want to talk about Adam C. but I also want to talk about the fans because Adam C. who is for sure – one of the most popular riders in the sport, wins his first ever 450 overall at Redbud, which probably has the biggest crowd in the sport. And I walk out of the TV truck and I literally hear the champagne pop. I literally heard the cork unpop because there was no crowd. There was no crowd at all. So before we get into Adam, I just want to talk about, JT, you race these races. The crowd is a huge part of the atmosphere. It's awesome to have them back. Get your tickets now at promotocross.com it was a weird vibe last year. I'm just pumped that we have fans and they can go to the races and we're selling tickets for all the rounds. What do you think JT? Yeah,
2: it's going to be great. And, and I do think we'll see limited capacities at, at many of these rounds. And I, and I think going into 2022 that will, that will come off and we'll be full capacity again, but it will be a nice step forward. And, and for anyone who was at these no fan rounds, it was eerie. It was like being at a local race with all of your favorite riders in a in a vacuum with no sound, you know, it was pretty wild. Uh, but I think, you know, part of the mystique of Lucasville pro motocross is having these crazy fans, especially when you get into some of these holiday weekends, you know, you get into the red buds and you get into some of these rounds where people are making a full weekend out of this. They're racing the amateur day. They're coming in for three, four days. They're in their motorhome. Uh, we missed all of that last year. And, uh, it's not just motocross. It's all of the sports. I, I think we, we lost a lot of the soul of these sports in 2020. And we're going to get that back for 2021. So uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, I still wonder what Steve thinks about Marvin Muscan. We just completely left off on that, but I guess if we're going to transition straight into getting fans back instead. All right.
1: Yes. The show completely wrecked and derailed. So that shows how good Steve is at understanding how broadcasts work. Unlike a professional like myself, Steve,
0: I, I do have some thoughts on Marvin Muskan quickly. Oh, okay. um, look guys like Stu, and RV and it, comes back to
2: stew. it always comes back to Stu. It always
0: comes back to Guys like that showed us how quick you could come back from an ACL and be really, really good. But generally speaking, a lot of people you talk to says it takes a year to come back from an ACL replacement. And Marv had one and he missed supercross and he came back last summer. He won a two motos, I believe well, for sure. He won one. I think he won two. And both times he mentioned that the second moto, he wasn't quite right fitness wise. Um, So we've been a year. He's got his ACL. Uh, The last time we saw Marv outdoors with his uh, other ACL, he challenged Tomac at times. So yeah, he's very interesting for this summer. I could see him winning the championship. I I made a mistake earlier. Very rare. I know to not put Marvin in that group with um, uh, Adam and Kenny and Coop. I think he does need to be in that group. Uh, Not a favorite, but he needs to be in that group. And if his ACL is a little stronger, he feels a little more confident, certainly at the end of Supercross, he was great, then yes, Marv will be a title contender this summer.
1: All right. That one, I would say, is pretty hard to argue with. You guys will probably find a way to, to do that. And meanwhile, our producer in the background, Kellen, is just pounding his fist right now uh, that we even <laughs> questioned it. We probably didn't need to discuss it. Just put Marvin on your list. Let's go to C.N. Cerullo. Uh, last year, it, it almost looked like a carbon copy. He breaks his collarbone in Supercross last year. He tried to come back for that Salt Lake City 7 at the end of 2020, crashed again. And then he said the first couple of motos outdoors, he was kind of racing his way back into shape. And then once he got there, he was really good for the rest of the season. So this year, Monster Energy Kawasaki takes a different tack. He breaks his collarbone in Orlando. They do not let him come back from Supercross. He has been grinding. He's been motoring down. Steve, you know how fast he can be at a local track day out in California. You've experienced getting passed personally by Adam Cincerulo. So he's coming in, I would think, full steam ahead. It's a dangerous time to be racing against Adam Cincerillo. Could he be at another level because he's had this extra prep that a lot of these guys that race to the end of supercross don't have. What do you think about AC?
0: Yeah. I deeply regret not having any sort of personal experience of Adam this year on the track uh, last year. We, you know, I could tell you exactly how it was going to go by the way. He passed me at Glen Helen that day, but I don't have that this year, <laughs> but I did talk to Adam uh, three or four days ago for a little while. And yeah, I mean, he's, He's, um, I want to say like, uh, his confidence is muted, right? Like I feel like he's confident in speaking to him. I feel like he's very confident, but he's outwardly not showing too much. Right. Um, by all accounts, I talked to a couple of people close to him and the outdoor training slash prep has been going very well. Uh, breaking news. He's been very fast, uh, fastest guy, uh, at the stopwatch nationals on some days. To people I talked to, but we knew that, right? That's not a surprise. That's not something that's going to uh, put the red banner on racer X online. So yeah, uh, I thought he was steady last summer. I thought at times he was great. Um, I look for more of the same this summer. I definitely think I posed to him the question, what if you never win a supercross title and you just win outdoors, you just keep winning outdoors. And we had a good laugh at that, but Hey, so far, right. Uh, you only got the outdoor title. So, uh, yeah, I put him in that mix. Can he stay healthy? That's the question. Uh, The ups and the downs for Adam will be there, but maybe there'll be a little bit less up and a little bit uh, less downs, and he'll be more consistent. We'll have to see.
1: Where are you at with Adam C. JT?
2: I think he's going to come out swinging. Uh, He is my pick to win the opening round. He's been, uh, it seems like he's been riding in California. I don't track him. I don't have a GPS tracker on him, but it seems that he's been riding in California quite a bit. And I think Adam is similar to Justin Barsha and Supercross, where they really seem to do well in these opening rounds. They come out swinging uh, and for Adam, he's had a lot of time off to really get his body and his mind ready for this motocross series. You combine that with the speed, you combine that with how well he rode this Paula track last year at the final round, a crash was really the only reason he didn't win there. Uh, So I, I think it really lines up nicely for him to come out, and show all of the preparation he's done over the last couple of months. He's going to get good starts. We know he always kind of does that. And I think it just lines up nicely for him to, uh, to get a round one win. Now, where he goes from there, that's always the question with Adam Cincirillo. Can he can, you know, find that consistency that brought him the 250 Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship a couple of years ago? I don't know, right? This is a different level of competition. This is a different level of consistency he's going to need to have. And can he avoid... The big mistake and the big crash that has plagued him, let's face it, throughout his career. Um, those are questions I don't have answers for, but he's gonna be at the front until proven otherwise. That I'm pretty sure that. Um, the only person that I think can beat him consistently if everything's going right is Adam Cincerillo.
1: Yeah, and it's always the unfortunate unknown with Adam. Although the last two outdoor campaigns he's had, both the 250 title two years ago and last year on the 450, in the nine rounds we did have. Avoided the big crashes for the most part. He had that one well, Superman at Laredo. Yes, he was in all right. Summer, yeah,
2: yes. But those are those are the types of crashes that I believe keep him from winning a, a 450 championship, right? And and the crash at Glendale last year in Supercross. You know, those types of things on the 450. I, I understand this is very obvious, but he's got to find a way to remove those, or at least reduce the severity of them, minimize the damage on those bad days, uh, because. I, again, I feel, I feel like that's what's keeping him away from a 450 championship. In the 250 class, he was much better than many of the riders he's racing against. So you can have a bad day and you can overcome it. In this 450 class, you really can't have many bad days if you hope to be champion.
0: But, well, let's, uh, oh, go ahead, but well, you know, again, just JT's off the mark, mark here a little bit. Um, that Loretta's crash didn't hurt him as far as the championship goes. Like he crashed out, but. No, not at all. Was, why would you, very, why would it not hurt you? He was very consistent all summer. Like this is what I was saying about what if you never win a supercross title to Adam, because like outdoors last year, dude, he was just, he was up front a lot all the time and, and didn't have that moment outside of that Loretta's crash. By the way, I have that mud stained second moto crash. Adam seen Jersey hanging in my closet. Uh, so, but how can, that, that, how can you
2: possibly say that when you're winning a moto and you have this massive crash that, Takes you out of the race, basically. How does that not hurt you in a championship? Like I don't understand that
0: premise. Well, but JT, that's one of, of eighteen motos last summer, right? And and the other competitors have issues too. So, but what place did you, you get in the championship?
2: Third. What did second? You get? We need... second. You second. You got second. second? Okay. So yes, you know but know when I mean? you're like... so for you to say for you to say that that crash didn't hurt his championship hopes when he got second and the only person that could beat him, beat Zach Osborne going into the final round was Adam. I don't understand how that even logically makes sense. Like, I don't understand how that can be off the mark, which you said
0: 17 out of 18 motos. Adam seen Cirillo was a very much improved outdoor rider. didn't throw things away. And, you know, basically it looked like a different guy. How many times in supercross do we, and all three of us look at Adam in supercross and we're like, Oh boy. Oh no. Oh boy. And outdoors. All right, order,
1: order, know- order, order, order. I got to gavel now. I'm tired of the arguing. I'm tired of the <laughs> arguing. We're going to be here for an hour and a half. You guys have somehow reversed course on the will and have issues or not. I cannot believe. Did the ships collide when you guys were changing <laughs> your angles of an argument? Passing, in the, night.
2: Sin- Passing in the night.
1: Yes, I, I don't know if Sinstrulo is consistent or inconsistent. Um, there's a lot of generational stuff going on here. Uh, you have, as I mentioned, Webb and Sinstrulo are kind of like the next guys that are expected to win, but then you have... Osborne, Muskan, Tomac, and Roxen, who are not going anywhere. They're still here. They're still capable. I think that makes for a good group. And now, Luke, who's following Cincerello into the class. Guys who used to battle in the 250s. When he won the 250 title, it was against Dylan Ferrandez. Now Ferrandez is in the mix. Rides and trains to Chase Sexton, who used to battle on 250s. Now Sexton is up in the 450 mix. Aaron Plessinger used to battle Cincerello. Now he's in the 450 mix. So that's what makes it so interesting. There's a lot of guys. Steve, this is your chance. Blue Crew. Blue crew revamped. No longer the factory Yamaha team. Specifically, it's the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha program. It looked better in Supercross, the 450, I think. They've got Ferrandis, They've got Plessinger. Uh, Christian Craig, I believe, will jump on a 450 for them. No Malcolm Stewart. Doesn't race outdoors. You're a blue crew guy, Steve. Checks cleared. Do you think your blue crew guys can get up front and truly show what the YZ450F is capable of doing, including guys like Ferrandez, who used to be right there in stride with Cincirullo.
0: Your Honor, can I just make one more point about Adam Cincirullo here? All
1: right, you object. Eli fine. Tomac Go ahead. scored
0: zero points with his DNF. Zach Osborne had that front flat where he got only five points in the moto. Chase Sexton crashed out of a moto. He was fifth overall in the points. My point being is all, all summer... If we give the guys one moto who all had issues, just like Adam did, we're right back to square one. It's hard to go through a whole summer of 18 motos, never mind 24, without having one bad moto. This is outside of, if your name isn't Ricky Carmichael and Adam had one and so did Zach and so did Eli Tomek and so did Chase Sexton. So it didn't really keep him from the title in the sense of everybody had an issue. Are you going to make the argument that Adam
2: Cincero has not been prone to season injuring crashes? That's my
0: point. Outdoors again, outdoors. We're going on two summers. I feel of of, of solid proof here that Adam. Order, perhaps... order, thank order, you. order. Thank you. Order, okay. Stop. Thank you. All right. Blue crew. On to blue crew. Uh, Dylan Ferrandis is my sleeper uh, this summer. I absolutely think Dylan Ferrandis. Look, the inc- inconsistency in Supercross was there for sure. At times, he was really fast. Uh blue crew, we're good. Bikes are solid. The star guys have done a really good job. Brad over there has done a terrific job uh with the team and the bikes. And I think, you know, I think they'll be good. They got Dylan Ferrandis. Uh, they've got uh, Christian Craig as well, Aaron Pleasinger. I think they'll, you know, in, in in Supercross, take out Christian, put in Mookie. All three guys had their highs and lows and were very close. Add in Christian this summer, who we saw had terrific motos on the Honda last year. I think Ferrandis, Plessinger, and Craig will all be very close, and there will be very uh, times they'll be close together in the top five. I like Ferrandis as a sleeper for moto wins, but he's still a little too inconsistent for me. But when Ferrandez wins a moto this summer, just remember Mathis called it and Blue Crew forever.
1: Thank you. Where you at, where are you at with the uh, blue crew guys, JT? Uh,
2: I mean, the fact that Steve is wanting some sort of medal for saying that Ferrandis might win a moto is, I, I guess, par for the course. I shouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah, they have a, a, an incredibly strong team entering the series. That's that's pretty obvious. Um, Ferrandis is going to be great. You know, the, the only questions I have for him is, can he? get good starts, A, and then B, can he capitalize on those good starts when he gets them? He's really struggled in the early laps in both series. Uh and, and the 450 class, that's a that's a much more daunting enterprise. You can't start 15th and, and expect to catch up to the likes of Centerillos and Tomax and Osborne's starting from back there. So that's really only the question I have on him. He's gonna be fast. We know he'll be successful, but to win uh he's gonna have to be better at the beginning of the race. Plessinger, I don't know. Uh I think he'll be good. But is he going to be the, you know, ranging around the top 10 Aaron Plessinger that we saw maybe at Salt Lake, or is he going to be the guy that I thought was going to win in Atlanta? You know, and that's really the evidence we have, you know, this Aaron, this Aaron Plessinger is much better than anyone we've seen before in the 450 class. So I think he'll do well, but I I really don't have any strong conclusions yet. Um, I think if he can find a way to get up front on the start, he may surprise quite a few people, but I, I, I have, an, I have an inkling that it's going to be hit and miss. You know, some days he'll be 10th, some days he'll be fourth, uh, which, yeah, that's fine. But if you want to be champion or you want to be a, a podium contender, which I believe he's working towards, I believe he is on a trajectory to be that guy, uh, I just don't know that it's going to be quite yet. So we'll, we'll see. Um, I'm just not as sold yet on Aaron Plessinger Outdoors.
1: We haven't really 15th, right? seen Plessinger on a 450 Outdoors much at all. He did win the 250 <laughs> title a couple years ago. It was on a Star Racing Yamaha. We'll talk about the history of that team in that class. The question is, can Yamaha finally get all that 250 success to result in something with 450 success? That's the challenge. Uh, yeah, I, I think those guys are going to be good. You're right, though. The starts have been a liability for both of them at times. And kind of like you said with seen Cirulo, you can't make the mistakes in the 450 class. Those other guys will take full advantage. Orandes, we saw in Supercross, he was not a good starter in the 250s. He was able to overcome that. He has not been a good starter so far in the 450s. You cannot overcome that. How many times was he arguably the fastest guy and got fourth in a Supercross? You know, that would have been know,
0: a win. In the you know what, Lee? You're absolutely right. There was a rider named Tim Ferry one time. Great rider, great champion. But honestly, this is a question. Like, when Timmy would get a start, and Ferrandez got starts this year. Don't be mistaken. Ferrandez got starts, but he was quickly shuffled back. And at times Ferry would get starts and he would get shuffled back. But then there's the rider that doesn't get a good start. Ferry got numerous bad starts. Ferrandis did as well. Pressure's off. They can hang it out and they look amazing. And they come in from the race and you're like, dude, if only you'd gotten a start. Well, there's a difference between a champion, like so many of these guys where the pressure comes on when you get the start and guys who can ride better with the pressure off. You know what I mean? So we saw that this winter with Ferrandez and Supercross interested to see how he can do if if he's one of those types of guys. And I love Tim Ferry, as we all know, but I have to say sometimes when he got starts and he got shuffled back, you're like, dude, what happened? You know, but there's a different mentality. It's it's a different mentality.
1: Yeah. I'm with you. It's too short of a data set right now to know for sure if that's the Ferrandez deal, but the fact that it, The only times he rode awesome were when he was coming from the back. And when he got starts, he didn't ride as well. That could be something a little early to know for sure. But I I know what you're saying that delivering both the start and the good riding and winning the race all at the same time is two separate things. Then falling down in the first turn and going from 20th to fifth, but no one even saw it. And at that point you had nothing to lose. So, so we'll see. And Plessinger, I mean, these tracks are rutted and nasty and gnarly. And if it gets muddy, he should be really good. We literally have barely seen him on a 450 outdoors. He came back from injury in his rookie year. Wasn't ready, really. That was a struggle. Didn't race at all last year. So I'm really curious to see uh, what he has under the hood. And uh, I'm going to give another shout out to our sponsors, which is New Ray Toys, Maxis, and Fly Racing. We are, guys, we're up to, I believe we've named eight riders already. We have not even gotten to Chase Sexton. Let's talk about him. I guess no longer a rookie because he raced all of motocross last year. I talked to him earlier this week. I know everybody says this. Much more comfortable in year two. Much better on the new Honda. Much better. Everything's better. Great shape. Feeling great. But look, Sexton almost won the final Supercross. The speed has not been in doubt. He works with who's he work with? Steve James Stewart. Uh, James Graham? Stewart. Pretty good yeah. rider. Yes. Yeah, very good rider. So Chase Sexton. It might be a little early in the development to think title, but we cannot. I, I cannot believe he's only the eighth guy we're going to talk about on this show. I mean, the dude's been ripping ever since he's been on this bike including the fastest qualifying time at the very first round last year is he getting well, a closer JT you think to put in the full package together
2: he will get closer uh i don't think he's there for the championship quite yet uh he's he's still going to fight consistency. I think, I think at times he gets a little excited. He pushes a little bit too hard and it bites him. Uh, now do I think the future is extremely bright? Of course I do. He is going to win races in this class. I do think he will find a way to win a championship down the line. I think he's just still coming to grips with the speed, with the pace that he's able to go. And he's going to need to be able to do that 24 times this season to win. Right. And and, okay. Maybe you have the bad moto, which he was talking about. I just think you're going to see him make mistakes, trying to push the envelope a little bit too much. And when the conditions aren't there for it, he hasn't yet figured out when you need to back off and take a third versus when you can push and go for the win. And that's just a maturation process. That's nothing other than him being young and that he'll work his way through that, but everything else is there. The talent, the speed, the equipment, uh, the people around him, you know, steering him in the right directions. I love the future for chase Sexton. And I just don't think, this year for the championship is quite there yet.
1: What do you think on Sexton, Steve Mathis?
0: That's overall last summer, won the final round of Paula, uh, certainly got better as the time went on. I'm actually surprised, Weech, a little bit of shitting on Sexton in this uh, preview. You, you're waiting to bring him up after the Blue Crew guys. Um, are you on blue crew payroll or something? Like what's going on?
1: I mean, what, what, what would that experience be like? Why don't you tell me, you know, personally, what what that would be like? (laughs) Uh, That's my point. Like I can't believe the field is deep enough that we're gone this far in and Sexton who won a race last year. uh, I only got to him at this point. I I, I think it's a fair argument to put him where I put him.
0: Yeah. He's going to be good. And look, I was fully uh, wrong about his jump to four fifties last summer. Like I'm like, I'm like, what the kids won one moto in two fifties. Barely got on the podium I and mean, you're putting them in the 450 class. Like, are you guys drunk? Is Kehoe drunk I think we were all and or high? I think we were and, all there, and, Steve. Wait, yeah, JT and, he, and Mathis, you agreed on this point. Incredible.
2: I thought it was premature. I really did. Yeah, I thought it was early.
0: Uh, so he was great. And I think he'll be another guy in the mix this summer. Him and Adam will probably battle for pole positions this summer as far as that goes for the raw speed. But I'm kind of with JT a little bit. Like, he'll make some mistakes. He'll, he'll be in the mix. I, I would put him slightly behind the web, Adam, Marvin group, Kenny group of guys. Um, but certainly he'll be in the mix this summer. I do think we didn't spend enough time on Christian Craig of the blue crew a little bit. He was very good last summer. His outdoor style is amazing. Well, so is his indoor style and all of that, but he'll start a little slow coming back from the injury and super cost. But Christian's riding for a contract. JT talked about motivation earlier and, that's certainly something for Christian. He doesn't have a spot over there as of right now with their 80-man team that Star wants to roll out. So keep an eye on Christian Craig. Uh, again, I'm a little bit maybe uh, bullish on his uh, results and, than most people. But uh, Sexton will be in the mix, absolutely.
1: Okay. May, may so biased on the Yamaha guy or bi- or biased, I'm not sure which which one it is in the Yamaha guys.
2: If I have if if I have Christian Craig as a solid top 10 guy, is that not giving him enough credit? Um, okay. That's where I have him. I, mean, I have him maybe, maybe peeking into that top five a few times, but solidly in the top 10, you know, seven. Well, eight, just nine, nine, when we get to the weekends. point
1: that we name uh, six or seven guys before we even name Sexton shows how hard it is to be in the top 10 yeah. in this class. And I guarantee you, even though he probably will not watch his show, he'd be very upset to know that his name is only going to be mentioned for the first time right now. And that's Justin Barsha on the Troy Lee Designs Red Bull Gas Gas look, there have been outdoor races over a long period of time where Barsha has been as good as anyone. He's won motos. He's won overalls. He won a moto last year at Loretta's. Uh, The consistency in the 450 class has never been there where he was down to the wire uh, fighting for the championship, but Barsha has always been pretty good outdoors. So, I mean, I could have mentioned the third guy in the show or the eighth or ninth guy in the show. He's somewhere in that group. Barsha will be heard from. I, I think there's can, can I get you guys to agree on that? Barsha will be good. We will see some Barsha highlights this summer.
0: Yes. Yes, he will be good. Is the KTM, a, sorry, the Gas Gas, a better bike than the Yamaha last summer? I guess that's the question. Um, outdoors, uh, I'm not sure. Um, I don't think the Yamaha is as uh, is as much um, up for debate as far as indoors versus outdoors, uh, as far as where, where it's better. Um, so, yeah, we, I'm with you. Like, Sexton barsha could totally win
1: motos right that's the way it's been for a while yeah same thing for you jt uh, barsha wins a moto no one should be surprised
2: yeah i think he'll have good weekends and then you'll have weekends where you're kind of scratching your head and i don't know the rhyme or reason to it some of it will be depending on the racetrack right if we get to go to Unadilla, we'll roll into new york and he'll have a great weekend and we'll be like oh barsha's back and then Maybe we have another race where you're like, ah, he just was, he didn't have it today. Um, and that's kind of how I see it going. At the end of the season, you'll look look up, and oh, Barsha was fifth in points. That, and and we won't know exactly how we got there. We'll remember some good times, some bad times, but he just always kind of ends up in that four to six spot in points.
1: It'll be fun, fun. On the gas, gas for Bam Bam. <laughs> right, we know right. that it'll be be fun, fun. Uh, now we'll we'll try to get into some wild cards. We've we've reached practically a top ten here, and this 450 class is nuts. Uh, first of all mentioned Jason Anderson. Uh, who had Jason Anderson winning the first moto last year, the first moto of the season? Anybody? Did anybody have that? No one. He dominated the first moto. Uh, Anderson's career, if it, if, if it goes the way it's been going, the fact that he has not won an outdoor national in either class ever, if he doesn't get one by the time his career, over, career is over, to me it will be one of the most bizarre statistics in the history of the sport. He has still not won an overall ever. That is so weird. He could do it this summer. He could have done it any year. Practically.
0: You got to figure out who wants to do it before he's done. Right. Like, I don't think Jason's like a very like, Hey, my legacy type of dude. I don't think he really gives a crap, but you got to figure if there's something he wants to get, it's a, it's a national overall. Uh, I I would have to think that other than that, I don't know if Jason's, you know, looking to stats as far as anything, as far as uh, judging his career, but Yes, absolutely. Got to think he wants it. I don't think he gets it this summer, though, each. Next year, he's moving over to Monster Cowie. Maybe that'll be the year, but uh, I don't think he gets it this summer.
1: Whoa, are you saying that right now? You're just saying that he's switching teams. You're breaking this right now.
0: Yeah, didn't we kind of know
1: that? I think it was kind of connecting
2: dots. I don't want anything to do with breaking news right, right now. So I'll leave that up to you.
1: Yeah. Okay, I thought we were maybe connecting dots or making assumptions, but uh, you're, no, you're saying it, it's going to yes,
0: happen. Yes, I believe he'll be on Monster Energy Kawasaki next year, two-year deal. Okay. Uh,
1: Got to be careful on how you say that, Steve. Yes. Uh, uh, do we think there's anything there? We did say with Tomac we don't believe there's going to be an issue that he's switching teams, and usually there isn't. I feel at the very highest level there isn't because when you can win a title and we can win races, multiple ones, that much money and bonuses on the line, they all go for it. Is there any chance of Anderson switching teams? And he's been with this team literally his entire pro career. Is there any chance that that puts a little lull, you think, say JT, in his summer?
2: I'm more worried about Anderson's summer just uh, based off of his personality. Um, I, I think he, he enters most races really laid back anyway. And if you are dangling this carrot, as you know, Steve mentioned, maybe he is going to Monster Energy Kawasaki when does he start to transfer his focus from this? If it doesn't start well, right? If the summer gets off to a rocky start, when does he start thinking about 2022 supercross and the testing process and being hundred percent prepared? Because I believe he would look at that as a great opportunity, right? You could say it's a sideways move of factory team to factory team. But I think if he's looking at, I get to go, I'm going to go replace Eli Tomac at Monster Energy Kawasaki. I think he has a view that as a great opportunity for success in 2022. So I worry that if things don't start well in the beginning of the season, we we look up and we're leaving Mount Morris in June and things aren't looking so hot for him. I worry about how the rest of 2021 summer looks for him, knowing he has this great opportunity in the distance, right? We go into September and October and you begin that testing process. I'm sure he'll be excited about that. I don't know. I've seen it. I've seen it play out too many times where guys just kind of drift off to the back of the pack and, Oh, they pulled off and uh, you know, there's three races left and what do you know? I got an injury now. So I hope that's not the case. I hope we get Jason Anderson's best effort. He comes out and shocks us all by winning the first moto of the year again. I just worry that I, it's not going to go that way. And it's going to go the other way quickly where we, we lose motivation. JT, I just
0: uh, just got up the phone with uh, MGM here in Vegas. They've taken okay. they've taken Jason Anderson pulling out of the Nationals with an injury this summer off the board. Can't even bet on it. Can't even bet on it. Uh because the odds are too good. Yeah.
2: Right. It's easy money. Easy money, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm trying gonna... I'm trying to give them I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt here, but I would bet that's okay. Uh, yes. Right,
1: right. Where JT Doubting Cooper Webb would put a chip on Cooper Webb's shoulder. Uh, I do not think Jason Anderson cares that you guys just said that. I do not think it bothers him one bit. Look, it's time to get into some wild cards. Uh, I'm going to flash the schedule up for Lucas Oil Pro Motocross one more time here. Go to ProMotocross.com. Get your tickets. You can watch the races on MAV TV. First Motos, second Motos on NBC Sports Network, and a couple Motos on NBC. And also Peacock, if you're watching Peacock, if you're watching Race Day Live with Monster Energy Supercross, well, we'll have a practice coverage show every Saturday morning with myself and Grant Langston on Peacock as well. And you get all four motos live there. If you want to watch on your phone or your tablet or your computer, or even your smart TV, Apple TV, any way you, anything you're doing over the summer, you can watch the races. Don't say, I like to go fishing on Saturdays. You can watch on your phone. Now let's get into some wild cards. I'm going to go first so I can steal it from everyone. I am very high on the chances of Max Anstey, the hep twisted T Suzuki team. Uh, He was, Really good in Supercross. Here's how I know he was really good. You folks are watching right now probably saying like, yeah, how did he do in Supercross? I don't even remember. That was perfect. That was perfect. He came back from injury. He was solid. He was like a 17 through 13 guy for the whole second half of the year. No yard sale crashes. Didn't look like out of fish, out of water. It looked like he knew what he was doing. He got through Supercross healthy with some momentum. We know he's really good outdoors. Now, the book on Max has always been hot and cold. There are some motos where it's like, oh, my gosh, he could beat Jeffrey Hurlings, and then other days where he was nowhere to be seen in Europe. So I don't know all 24 motos, but he will be a factor at some point, track or weather dependent. So that's a real wild card. So I'm reminding people to watch out for Anstey. You guys have some guys, and there's plenty of guys still on the board we need to mention.
0: You uh, you missed uh, my wild card. Um, no, not Phil Nicoletti, but I do hope we touch on Filthy Phil at some point. Joey Savacci, uh, look, that eighty-three compound move for Joey has been really good. Riding with Jason, riding with the Lawrence brothers, riding with Justin Bogle, um, and, and I think it's it's an upward trend for Joey Savacci. Michael Byrne, as JT knows, is terrific. Really working hands-on with him. Good bike, right? We know that the team situation is stabilized a little bit over there, and I think Savacci could be the wild card. I think Joey can be in that five to ten range uh and better sometimes with some starts. So yeah, I think we we're gonna end up, I think, not uh re- not re- we're gonna end up, I think, regretting not touching on Joey Savachi more in this show. I look for him to be the quiet uh wildcard guy.
1: What do you got, JT?
2: Yeah I think uh I think Joey will be good out there. I, I worry about consistency with him. You know, when, when we flash back to him on Monster Energy Kawasaki, he was so good in so many motos and, and had a difficult time, kind of finishing. We just saw weird crashes that and things that kept him off the podium at times. Um, I think the biggest question mark for me is is as you said, not, and I know I'm copying your answer, but Max Ancy in year two, what does he bring? Uh, we've seen just unbelievable performances from him, not only in MXGP, but in stateside, he was on the podium in motos last year. You know, a lot of these tracks, he hasn't been on in a very long time. Some of them, you know, we didn't get to even visit last year. So that'll be interesting to see him go back to those tracks. But I think his confidence is, uh, is growing, right? He got through the season healthy, as you mentioned. And I think if he can find a way to get good starts and that, that will be a question mark, because as we know, you know, American Suzuki's efforts haven't been on the level that maybe if you went back 10 years ago that they're on. So they've got to find a way to get him to the front in these motos. And I think if you get him in the top five on the first lap, I don't want to say anything's possible because I don't expect him to be your champion, but I think you could see him running up front in some motos much like he broke out at motocross the nations a few years ago and just went one, one, you know, on that, on that given day, I think he could be your sleeper a few times. You're just like, what the hell happened?
0: How did Max Anstey do
2: that? Um, I think you could see that.
0: Your
1: Honor. So many you, uh, other guys to mention. Go ahead, Steve.
0: Your Honor, you asked him for a wild card. He just recaps Savachi and Anstey.
1: Hey, I like waffles, man. I, I like waffles. They, they okay. taste great. And JT prepares them like nobody else. Well, we, talk, uh, we
2: talked about 10 guys in this class or something. Like You're not leaving a lot on the table as far as who to pick from.
0: Then You can just say, I don't have, an, I don't have a wild card, Your Honor. You can just say that. I like, picked I'm- Anstey.
2: I shot down your Sabachi pick and I picked Anstey. What more do you want? Bogle? Uh, I will not go on the limb that Kellen Brower went on with Justin Bogle. Uh, I I think I'm going to stick with Anstey.
1: Okay. Yeah, Bogle. We just want to see Bogle get through it. He was, as usual with Bogle, he was starting to show signs in Supercross. Again, it usually takes him. Huge injury. Finally works his way back. Then he gets hurt again. That's kind of what happened in Supercross. We hope for the best for him. Dean Wilson, certainly similar, almost a Bogle situation. Too many injuries. We know when Dean is good, he could be very good. Dean's Dean, right? Dean, uh, Dean. So who knows? Dean is Dean. Yep. Who knows? So Dean could do some damage, right, Steve?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Dean could be a, uh, five to 10 kind of guy. Um, you know, he's, he's looking for a ride next year too. So we all like Dean Wilson. He's a good dude, a good lad. And we hope him, we hope he does well. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been a rough Supercross for him at times. He kind of came around a little bit. Um, maybe outdoors he could sneak in a top five or six, but uh, I would look for him right around seven to 12 in these motos.
1: Now, look, we've been mentioning Max's tires quite a bit. You mentioned the SGB Max's Kawasaki team. By far the most fun team to hang out with in the pits. No offense to anybody else. I know other teams say, hey, we like to keep it loose. We're cool. We're not corporate. But there is nothing like the atmosphere over there. With the SGB Cowie team. Although I think that Twisted T Suzuki team is trying to make a run at it. With both 7 Deuce Deuce and Anstey. And Twisted T in coolers over there. The summer of Rod Bell. Justin Rod Bell. Privateer hero last year. He just became like a stamp it. He's going to be in the top 14 say in every moto. Last year was crazy. With the Maxis tires. It was not winter of Rod Bell and Supercross. Steve Mathis. Can summer of Rod Bell come back and make the fans happy to see a privateer running up front?
0: That's a great question. Honestly, I would love to tell you. Yes. I don't know how Rod Bell did that last year. I, I it's gotta be, that's a Gavin Graysick type of summer, right? Like we just had, he came literally out of nowhere. So I'm going to hold back on that. Uh, on that. Maybe the new Rod Bell is Phil.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Phil, we actually had Phil in our supercross shows actually the panel with us. We didn't know what his racing plans were at that point. But here's Phil, Club MX, running a 450 effort now. They're running the entire series outdoors in America, which have never done before. They had raced kinda in Canada as a merger with other teams. They've raced supercross before. We got Phil back. We have Phil back. I think of Phil Moore as a cohort with his column on Racer X, but Phil's still a racer. This should be great. We got Phil back at the races. Jake, are you pumped? Know, you know,
0: your career is going bad when you become a media guy and then all of a sudden you're racing again? Right. Like you just like JT was a racer and then stopped and then worked at fly racing and and then became a media guy. Phil's whole thing is going sideways because he can't seem to stick to one thing.
2: What what are realistic expectations for Phil here? Now keep in mind, we've seen Phil on the podium before. It's been a while, right? But he's had success in Canada. He won the championship up there. What are we, what better question, Steve, what is he thinking that is going to happen for him this summer?
0: Well, JT, he won the Supercross championship
2: in Canada. He actually never won an outdoor title. I'm, th- I'm just saying he's, his success, He's not like he's just been out of the sport for several years. Many people um, that maybe casually follow it don't know that Phil has been continually racing in Canada for the past several years. That's all I'm getting got, at.
0: Yeah, and he got penalized heavily for uh, giving Michael Lessie death threats. Um, yep. I don't know. I mean, Weege's sh- we report, I sh- sorry, my source's reporting from Club MX Didn't go well for Phil. So, I mean, I would put him, if you told Phil that he would be a 10 to 15 guy, he'll tell you that he would quit. But after all the guys we just mentioned, where's he going to fit in, right? 10 to 15.
1: Good Lord, I hope Phil doesn't watch his show, A, because he'd be mad we mentioned him this late, and then B, he would realize how many names we mentioned already, and that would be so depressing for him that I would be scared – for Phil's health. Uh, it is true that I saw Phil, or sorry, a source saw Phil ride with Zach Osborne. He was not able to match Osborne's pace. He was not able to match the defense. Not able to match Monte-Cross the champ. No. Exactly. He was yeah. not. No, yeah. no, shocking
0: no, information. No. Okay, well, maybe you weren't there that day, then, we, or the source wasn't there, but I have it on good authority. March Banks on a 250 caught and passed him one day at club.
1: Uh, yes, the same source saw that. Uh, I actually have video <laughs> on my phone of him getting passed so, by. Uh, so
0: I was, oh, I'm not counting the Osborne thing. Like I'm counting the March bags thing on a 250 on a stand track catching and passing our buddy, Phil and like sweet Jesus, what's going on over there.
1: Hey, Phil's old. It doesn't happen overnight. It's going to be a slow <laughs> burn or at least just a burn. I'm not sure. Uh, we're just pumped to have Phil back. Uh, it's really exciting. Good for the Club Mex team, by the way, to spend the money to go race outdoors after just doing super cost only for a couple of years. Uh, I got one more name I want to throw in. It's Cody Shock racing a 450 this summer? Steve, is that correct?
0: Yes, Cody Shock will be on a 450, and uh, he's certainly he's better outdoors than he was in or in, and this indoors was a real breakthrough for him. So maybe we could see Cody Shock in the mix. I mean, he was right there with Rod Bell a lot, a little back of Rod Bell at a lot of motos last summer. So why not? Cody Shock, if you look at the leap he took in Supercross, why can't he take the leap uh, in motocross? Also, shout out to Ben LeMay, uh, pulp a a small part of his program this year. And uh, look for the logo on our jersey. Love uh, Ben LeMay. He's a veteran's veteran. He's a motocrosser's motocrosser. And uh, Ben LeMay will be there all summer. Good dude.
1: Yeah, Ben LeMay, he's kind of like becoming the chiz of outdoors. Ben LeMay is going to LeMay. Ben's going to Ben. This is a lot of guys. This is why we talk about. You folks might be watching at home and saying, why did they make a big deal out of Rod Bell getting 14th and 15th in Motos last year? But then you see how many names we list. When you get 14th, that means the only guys that beat you are really good guys. And I think that goes all the way back to the point you made at the top of this show, JT. I know every year we say the field is deep and it's stacked and anyone can win. I feel like because of this generational thing, because we don't know how good Eli Tomac still is and Roxton, does he have issues or not? You guys are never going to agree. Osborne's back. Uh, 250 guys moving up and a lot of guys healthy. JT, I feel like it's a little harder to predict and more wide open than it normally is. And I know we say that every year, but I think we have real evidence this time.
2: Well, I think anytime you enter a series without a clear-cut favorite, which in this history of the sport, we, that, ha- that doesn't happen very often. No, the, you know, McGrath, Carmichael, Stu, Villapoto, Dungey, Tomac. There was always a guy in this motocross series where everybody was, they were pointing to him and it didn't always work out, but most times it did. We kind of knew who the, the favorite was entering the series and you know, over 24 motos and as difficult as this series is, it kind of, it weeds out the inconsistencies and you generally end up with the best guy winning, which is a, a great aspect of the sport, right? That the best guy usually wins because it is so difficult. I'm not willing to declare anybody a favorite in this one, which I love. I think that's my favorite thing about 2021 is every single race day morning. I wake up and I would just shrug my shoulders saying who's going to win today.
1: That's what it's all about. We want to thank our sponsors here. For on, our Racer on, X show. What you're Wait not done yet, Steve. You're not done.
0: You cannot let us go without giving a, a title. Title prediction—you just can't. I, I get—I agree with everything JT just said, by the way. But uh, we have to, in the name of a good Zoom bench oh, race. Okay,
1: okay. I, I just want to pile. leave it a high note about it's wide open and we don't know what's going to happen. No, I no, don't no, want to no. Leave on no, that no, high no, note. We, but you, you want an a, a actual judge's ruling?
0: Absolutely. I think we need to pick a title guy. Each one of us. You know what? I'm doing it. Bring it home with four four fifty motocross championship this summer. Eli Tomac.
1: Wow. Wow, I like it. I was,
2: yeah, I was going to go there, but I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go Adam Cincerello. He was, he was second place last year. I like that. He got some time off. I know it wasn't due to the reasons he would want to have time off, but I like how this lines up for him. You're defending champion, dealing with some back issues. I don't know what to expect from Eli Tomac. He has this impending team move. He's not the same Eli Tomac from, 2017, 2018, 2019, even 2020. So I'm going to go since I think his starts, his raw speed and uh, the maturity that he's growing into, I think it gets him there.
1: Well, you guys have done it now. You guys have done it now. You are disrespecting Cooper Webb. He is going to use this right now. Maybe not Cooper, but Paul Webb will not stand for this. He is going to show the world that he can be just as effective in motocross as supercross. Had one of you picked him, had you not disrespected him, it might have been different. But this show right here, right now, is changing Cooper Webb's fortunes. It is feeding the fire. Supercross hangover is a two-year-old thing. He's fine. He's good. He's been on the KTM for years. Watch out for Cooper Webb this summer, looking to prove everybody wrong.
2: Can I just say how wildly ridiculous it would be for him to be pulling his motivation from us? That would be crazy. I just want oh, to that would be there. awesome. That, 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 <laughs> that would be crazy. Awesome. Would really,
1: Please that, don't that do be that because yes. we're idiots. Yeah. He, he's, he's out to prove you wrong. JT. Maybe he'll call you out yeah. when he's holding up that number one plate.
2: Mm-hmm. If he hey. proves me wrong, I'll just go, eh, he's, he's really good. Like, yeah, great. He won. Like that. You won. <laughs> you're right. I was wrong. That's how it'll go.
1: Hey, just to make our show go full circle. We did get a James Stewart reference. Let's get a Marty Davalos reference. Marty used to say, people have said that I was in the 250 class that long. We know who Marty was talking about <laughs> riders do reference pundits and the things they say that fire them up. I don't know, Mathis, if you've ever experienced that, but it does happen.
0: No, not familiar. Nope. Marty no, and I are okay. good. Glad to, glad to motivate him.
1: Okay. Uh, so those, those are our title picks. Sorry, Zacco, you know, we all love you. Uh, the Zacco-Bacco. I think the biggest question of the summer, the Tomac performance, number two, JT says there's a lot more questions than that. Maybe that's exactly what we want. A lot of questions, and it's going to be answered at the end of May, starting at Fox Raceway in Pala. It's kind of a weird schedule. We'll show it to you one more time. We start in California. We'll work our way back. We'll have a Pala 2 in September. And then we'll end at Hangtown, which is normally the opener in a normal year. Still a little bit of the side effects of the pandemic affecting some scheduling. But the good news is a lot of the old school tracks that were not on the schedule last year should be back. We will have fans in some capacity. I'm not sure if it's a 100% capacity like we would in 2019 and before that. But we'll have more fans at more races this year compared to last year. And it's going to be really exciting. Thanks to uh, Jason Thomas and Steve Mathis. Thanks to New Ray Toys, Fly Racing, and Maxis. We'll be back with a 250 show And we'll see you at the races. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show.
0: Seven time, Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled the pick and I left. Every point counts.
1: I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? Leo Show, Johnny
2: O'Mara.